Pastor Xavier Reese asks, Are you seeking God first or turning to Him as a last resort? God is so familiar with people seeking Him only when things go wrong. God is a 911 operator. They have exhausted everything possible in solving their problem. So now they turn to God and they come expressing their sincere desire often. We've all seen it. God is fooled by no one. God won't do that. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. The person about to construct an item retrieved from a box bearing the proverbial warning, some assembly required, too often falls victim of the equally familiar adage, when all else fails, follow directions. And coming up in a study drawn from Jeremiah chapter 42, Pastor Xavier uses the example of the rebellious people of Judah to illustrate this unavoidable simple truth from the Proverbs. There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. Let's listen. The message is entitled, God Reveals His Will to Be Obeyed. Jerusalem has fallen. Jeremiah has been set free by the word of Nebuchadnezzar to his generals from the court of the prison house, as we have seen. But he has been taken prisoner again and taken to Ramah, the rallying point or the staging point before they take the captives to Babylon. But once again, Nebuchadnezzar, the captain of the guard, frees Jeremiah there. And God demonstrates his faithfulness to Jeremiah through this man as he gives him favor. He was very familiar with Jeremiah's prophecies. Nebuchadnezzar was familiar. Jeremiah has written chapter 29, the letter to the captives. And they knew that he was telling Judah to surrender. Even as Nebuchadnezzar acknowledges that their judgment was due to their sin against God. And then he proceeds to give Jeremiah three choices in chapter 40. He says that he could go back with him to Babylon and he would set him up. Or he could just choose any part of the land and abide where he will. And as Jeremiah is undecided, Nebuchadnezzar suggests that he go back to Gadaliah, who was put as the governor over the people of the land. And that's exactly what Jeremiah did. So he went to Mizpah and he stayed there with Gadaliah. Now, some men of war, as well as the Jews who had fled over to the Jordan, Inside, Jordanian side over Jordan, now were returning as they heard about Gadaliah being put as the governor. The Jews are returning. And Gadaliah told them that if they would remain under him and serve King Nebuchadnezzar, that everything would go well. He would be the mediator. One of the leaders was named Johanan. He and his captains came to Gadaliah and warned him about an assassination attempt by one of the other leaders, Ishmael, that had been hired by King Belus of the Ammonites to kill him. But he dismissed it. He says, oh, don't be talking bad about this guy. Nothing's going to happen. Godly man, but foolish. Consequently, two to three and a half months after the city had been penetrated by Babylon, Ishmael assassinated the governor of Gadaliah. And... Ishmael took all the people and he headed towards Jordan. 
When Johanan heard about it, he pursued them. And as Ishmael saw him, he escaped and he rescued the people. Now, Johanan has a problem. He knows that Babylon will retaliate in his mind. So he takes the people and he goes over to Chinham near Bethlehem as he is attempting to go to Egypt. Jeremiah has to be with him because he appears now for the first time. Jeremiah's name does not appear from chapter 40 verse 6 till now in chapter 42. It is at this time that the people ask Jeremiah to inquire about the will of God for their lives. They were already headed towards Egypt. Keep that in mind. But this is Jeremiah inquire for us. And so the inquire for the mind of God is laid out for us in three movements here from verse 1 to 22. Let me read the text for us. I brought you up to the place where we're at. He says, Now, all the captains of the forces, Johanan, the son of Kera, Jesaniah, the son of Hosea, and all the people from the least of the greatest came near. And they said to Jeremiah, the prophet, Please, let your petition be acceptable to you, and pray for us to the Lord your God for all the remnant, since we are left but a few of many, as you can see, that the Lord your God may show us the way in which we should walk and the things we should do. And then Jeremiah the prophet said to them, I have heard indeed. I will pray to the Lord your God according to your words. And it shall be that whatever the Lord answers, I will declare it to you. I will keep nothing back from you. And they said to Jeremiah, let the Lord be a true and faithful witness between us. If we do not do according to everything which is the Lord your God sends us by you. Uh, whether it is pleasing or displeasing, we will obey the voice of the Lord our God to whom we send you. That it may be well with us when we obey the voice of the Lord our God. And it happened after ten days that the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. And then he called Johanan, the son of Kera, and all the captains of the horses that were with him. And all the people from the least to the greatest. And he said to them, Thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, to whom you send me to present your petition before him. If you will still remain in this land... Then I will build you and not pull you down. I will plant you and not pluck you up. For I relent concerning the disaster that I have brought upon you. Do not be afraid of the king of Babylon, of whom you are afraid. Do not be afraid of him, says the Lord. For I am with you to save you and deliver you from his hand. And I will show you mercy that he may have mercy on you and cause you to return to your own land. But if you say, we will not dwell in the land, disobeying the voice of the Lord your God, saying, no, but we will go to the land of Egypt, where we shall see no war, nor hear the sound of the trumpet, nor be hungry for bread, and there we will dwell. Then hear now the word of the Lord, O remnant of Judah. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, if you wholly set your face to stand through Egypt, and to go to dwell there, then it shall be that the sword which you fear shall overtake you there in the land of Egypt. The famine by which you were afraid shall follow you close after you there in Egypt, and there you shall die. So shall it be with all the men who set their faces to go to Egypt to dwell there. They shall die by the sword, by the famine, by the pestilence, and none of them shall remain or escape from the disaster that I will bring upon them. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, as my anger and my fury have been poured out on the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so 
will my fury be poured out on you when you enter Egypt. And you shall be an oath, an astonishment, a curse, and a reproach, and you shall see this place no more. Then the Lord has said concerning you, O remnant of Judah, do not go to Egypt. Know certainly that I have admonished you this day, for you were hypocrites in your hearts when you sent me to the Lord your God, saying, Pray for us, for the Lord our God. And according to all that the Lord your God says, so declare to us, and we will do it. And I have this day declared it to you, but you have not obeyed the voice of the Lord your God or anything which he sent you to me or by me. Now, therefore, know certainly that you shall die by the sword, by the famine, by the pestilence, in the place where you desire to go to dwell. The petition for Jeremiah to seek the will of God is laid out for us in three movements. They give us great principles, great warning, great lessons for the believer. They are as follows. Verse 1 through 6, the prophet Jeremiah was requested by the people to seek God's will. Secondly, verse 7 through 17, the prophet Jeremiah revealed to the people God's will. And then lastly, in verse 18 through 22, the prophet Jeremiah revealed the accountability of the people for disobeying God's will. Let's begin with the prophet Jeremiah as he was requested by the people to seek God's will. Notice first in verse 1 through 3, the petition is expressed by the people. The desired petition is a unified expression. The leaders are included, Johanan, Jezaniah. The people are also indicated. Notice that. So this is not just a decision by the leaders. The people are along with the leaders from the least to the greatest. So the decision is inclusive. It's all-encompassing. They're all in agreement as they come to Jeremiah. And the words of the people are recorded. He uses their own words. Look at verses 2 and 3. They said to Jeremiah the prophet, Please uh, let our petition be acceptable to you and pray for us to the Lord. Listen, your God. Very important. They didn't say our God at this point. Remember, Jeremiah had been forbidden to pray for them, right? 7, 16, 11, 14, 14, 11. Then why is he praying now? Because judgment's over. Now God's beginning to do a new work to build up the nation. From this point to 70 years, God's going to fulfill his word. Judgment has passed. Now they have access to God again. So his praying is not disobedience. Jerusalem had fallen. Notice also, they said, for all this remnant, since we are left but a few of many, as you can see, they presumptuously considered themselves as the remnant, just because they were left from the captives. And ignoring their rebellion. They're headed for Egypt. They know how God feels about Egypt. And they're still coming to the Lord. They didn't see themselves as rebellious. Notice this. In seeking Yahweh to change his mind. Oh, this is so familiar with Christians. They seek the Lord to change his mind. And they disguise it in spiritual garb. Sometimes a young lady or a young man will say, You know, Pastor X, I'm going to uh, be marrying uh, next month and everything. And can you pray for my husband my wife to be? I go, Oh, great. Okay. Are they Christians? No. But they're close. Well, you're, you're, you're being disobedient. You're unequally yoked. You're asking me to ask God to bless something He says He won't bless. You're asking me to ask God to change His mind. This is very familiar with Christians. They greatly feared the reprisal of Nebuchadnezzar at this point. 
So they're, they're moving upon their own reasoning, their own intellect, their own fears, rather than obedience. They knew that he would come back because they killed Gedaliah and also some of the Babylonian soldiers there. Notice in verse 3, the petition is expressed to the prophet. They said that the Lord your God may show us the way in which we should walk. Very specific, the way we should walk. They were to remain in the land of Judah. They already knew that. Why are they asking? If they weren't in the land of Judah remain, then they were to go to captivity. So they already had the will of God, right? But that's not what they want to hear. How often people go from church to church, counselor to counselor, because until they hear what they want to hear. We get people from different churches because they haven't liked what they've heard. Well, they come here, they get the same thing. We're not going to give them anything different. They said that the Lord, your God, may show us the thing we should do. So very specific. Yahweh wanted obedience. At His revealed will, they had it. Yahweh wanted the people to now wait for God to fulfill the promise of building up. It was going to take 70 years. These are the same people that disobeyed the word of God for 40 years. Now, how would you feel if you were Jeremiah and they come to say, Oh, seek the Lord for us. Jeremiah is so good. Faithful prophet. Twice they have said, You're God. Knowing they had no relationship of their own. They're insincere. This is similar to the time, remember, in chapter 37... The first five verses, when Zedekiah had sent his servants to seek the mind of Yahweh, to see if he, what he was going to do while they were dependent on Egypt. And many people are like that. They, they, they've already made their mind up, but they say, well, you know, would you pray for me, the Lord? They're, they're already made. They're, they're going to do whatever they're going to do. I'm going to leave my wife. I'm going to leave my husband. I'm out of here. I'm not going to obey God. But they want to give an appearance of spirituality. Notice secondly in verse 4, the promise is expressed by the prophet Jeremiah. In verse 4, the prophet Jeremiah professed his faithfulness as a mediator. Integrity here. He says, I have heard indeed. I will pray to the Lord your God according to your words. Integrity. He's the same man that began when he was just a teenager. Forty years. Faithful man. The prophet Jeremiah Declared his ongoing integrity as a prophet of Yahweh. Listen. And it shall be that whatever the Lord answers you, I will declare it to you. He would be a true messenger. He would not taint the message. He would not hold back one word. So often people want the preacher to change the message. And so many preachers and teachers today are. They're watering the word of God down. They don't want to mention sin. They don't want to offend people. They want to be politically correct. But let me tell you, if you preach the word of God... You're going to offend people. And you cannot water the word down. When you share the word of God, you do it with a broken heart. You do it in God's love, but you do it in truth. And you do not omit one word. Because God will hold you responsible for it. Notice thirdly in verse 5 through 6. The personal oath is expressed by the people. So they even take an oath on the vow. The people bound themselves under the vow to Yahweh for judgment. Verse 5. Let the Lord be true and faithful when between us. We're accountable to the Lord. If we do not do according to everything which the Lord our God sends us by you. People say a lot of things. People use God's name. People swear by this, by that. But again, their mind is made up. Verse 6, the people bound themselves to complete obedience in this oath. Their commitment, first of all, was even if they 
disagreed with God. Whatever is pleasing or displeasing. They're pretty, they're impressive. In word, their commitment was in view of their relationship to Yahweh. Now they say, we will obey the voice of the Lord, our God, to whom you we send you. Now God's theirs. Now they're including God as part of theirs. Their commitment, notice also, was an acknowledgement of the benefit of obedience to God's word. This nails them. They're dead. Listen. That it may be well with us when we obey the voice of the Lord, our God. They knew if they obeyed, it would go well with them. But they disobeyed. Their own words condemned them. Twice now they say, our God. And sometimes people can just use spiritual jargon. Oh yeah, praise God, hallelujah. Oh yeah, brother. Your heart is somewhere else. Ezekiel tells us that some of the elders of Israel came and sat before him. And the word of the Lord came to Ezekiel. Remember, Ezekiel's in Babylon. And God says, Son of man, these men have set up idols in their hearts and put before them, which causes them to stumble into iniquity. Should I let myself be inquired at all by them? Therefore speak to them and say to them, Thus saith the Lord God, Every one of the house of Israel who sets up an idol in their heart and puts before him what causes him to stumble into iniquity and then comes to the prophet. Listen very closely. This is the same time Jeremiah is going on, probably a little earlier. Okay? I, the Lord, will answer him who comes according to the multitude of his idols that I may seize the house of Israel by their heart because they are all estranged from me by their idols. People who keep coming to God insincerely, just trying to think they can use God. God will come to a place where He will answer you according to your own deceptive heart. God is fooled by no one. Pretty heavy warnings to us. God is so familiar with people seeking Him only when things go wrong. God is a 911 operator. They have exhausted everything possible in solving their problem. So now they turn to God. And they come expressing their sincere desire often. We've all seen it. But they want God to do what they want to do. While all along they're attempting to appear as if they're sincere and open to God. They've already made their mind up. And they want God to approve and even bless their plans. God won't do that. They're hoping that God will agree with them. They're hoping to change the mind of God. You cannot. John tells about Jesus in John 2, 24 and 25. Jesus did not commit himself to them because he knew all men and had no need that anyone should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. If you think you get over on God, you're deceiving yourself. You are not. I don't get over on God. He knows everything. How important it is for men and women of God to be faithful So when the pressure comes on, do you bend to it or do you give people the word of God? Do you want to make the way to heaven a little wider? Mary's okay, St. Paul's okay, St. John's okay to pray to, purgatory's okay or whatever. No, you can't make it any wider. You can't water the word of God down. God's not mocked, he's not deceived. He knows the heart of man, he knows the motive of man. And God is not taken in by any person. If you think that you've taken God in and gotten over on him, it's only... His desire to give you another opportunity to reveal your wicked heart that hopefully you turn. It's mercy and grace. Patience. That's all it is. That's all it is. Listen to Jesus as he was 
tempted in the wilderness by Satan. He says, but he answered and said to him, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Matthew 4, 4. The word of God, the word of God, the word of God, the word of God. Nothing but the word of God. How insulting it must be to God as people come to him in their religious vows and oaths. We all have heard them. I swear on a stack of Bibles. God is my witness. I swore on my mother's grave. I swore to God. Sound familiar? Whenever somebody uses a note like this, I know they're liars. Because if you're a Christian or even a non-Christian, you say, hey, I'll be there at 10 o'clock. My word's my bond. Now the guy that keeps saying, no, really, really I'm going to be the, I, I, honest. I know that he's not dependable. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 34, 37, But I say to you, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair white or black. But let your yes be yes, your no be no, for whatever is more than this is from the evil one. Be a person of your word. The prophet Jeremiah was requested by the people to seek God's will. The prophet is faithful. He's open. Now notice secondly, the prophet Jeremiah reveals to the people God's will. Because his requests come in, now he reveals he's faithful, as he said. Look at verse 7 to 9. The prophet Jeremiah patiently waits on the will of God. Verse 7, the Lord allows 10 days to go by. We're not told why, but one thing we know is God's not in no hurry. Verse 8 9, the Lord spoke through the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah called John and the, the captains and, and the people from the least of the greatest. And he says, Thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, to whom you sent me to present your petition before him. Verse 9. He indicated the authority. Thus saith the Lord. This is the Lord going to speak to you. Confirming 2 Peter 1, 20 and 21, that the men of old did not speak of their own impulse or origin, but as the Holy Spirit carried them along. This is divine authority. These are not my words. He indicated it was their request to whom you sent me to present the petition before him. I'm just the messenger. Now notice secondly, verse 10 through 12, the prophet Jeremiah proclaimed the will of Yahweh. Verse 10, the promised blessing came first. The condition is given. If you will still remain in the land, meaning Judah, then I will build you up and not pull you down. And I will plant you and not pluck you up. That's a promise. Guaranteed. The judgment was over. Not God was beginning to rebuild. It's going to be those 70 years. This is the fulfillment of the call of Jeremiah in chapter 1, verse 10. First was tearing down, now was building up. The tearing down is done, now the building up begins. The reason is given. For I relent concerning the disaster that I have brought upon you. The phrase relent is a poor application to God because when you and I relent or repent, we change our mind. But God can't change his mind. God is not saying here that he regretted or made a mistake in judging them. He's saying that it pained him. But it's over. Now you can identify. If you're a parent, you've had to discipline your child. And you don't regret it. But it did pain you, right? That's what he's talking about. They were to make their decision based on what? Listen, God's word. They already had it. Now they're hearing it again. God's word. Pastor Xavier Reese, describing the choice we have, as did the people of Judah, whether to follow the divine authority of the Creator and God of the Bible, or suffer the consequences. Now, if you've missed any part of this message, we've made it available to hear again anytime online.
Just look for today's date when you click on the radio listings link at our website, calvarychapelpasadena.com. And, of course, there's much more to this study to come right here next time as well. But if your schedule won't permit you to tune in, as always, you can pick up your own personal copy of this message. And the title you want to ask for is simply, God Reveals His Will to Be Obeyed. It's available on CD for only $4. Once again, the title to ask for is, God Reveals His Will to Be Obeyed. Or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing, Simple Truths. 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. The simple truth of Galatians 6.8 warns that the one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Pastor Xavier Reese has more on the consequences of disobeying the will of God next time. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com